Environmental conservation is no cheap venture, but environmental efforts are not generally the most lucrative or economically self-sustaining. So then, who pays for conservation work? Who lobbies for wilderness? The answers to these questions might not be as simple and comfortable as environmentalists would like. In this podcast, we will travel from the Metau Valley in the North Cascades of Washington, then south to the Rio Grande on the border between Mexico and West Texas to explore the roles of big money and extractive industries in conservation and uncover how environmentalism makes a deal with the devil. Tom Campion met with us on a cloudless August afternoon in the Metau Valley. Sitting in a pristine Ponderosa forest, we learned about the fortune that Tom has made in retail and fast fashion. I'm a total business guy. Uh, Ten years out of college, I started a company called Zoomies, which was 40 years old yesterday. You got a billabong hat on over there on the other side. You know, we used to sell surf. Now it's all street music, vibe, hip hop and stuff and skate and snowboards in the winter. And uh, we have 700 stores in six countries. This business mindset keeps Tom's company lucrative and relevant to their customers. But the company makes environmental sacrifices in order to maximize profit. Zoomies cannot become carbon neutral. We talk about it, my employees would love to have it, but my customer base is a 12 to 21, 12 to 20 year old skateboard rat. and if you upcharge 20%, you upcharge 20% because you had that carbon neutral pair of jeans on, they're gonna go across to Telly's or PacSun or buy it on Amazon, and we're not gonna get the sale. With a pessimistic outlook on the environmental impact of his company, Tom acknowledges his own complicity. So, biggest hypocrite in this circle is me. The company is not headed towards sustainability but Tom and his wife, Sonia, are able to use the profits for positive change. He has a deep love for public land in the Arctic and dedicates himself to its conservation. Because we lobby in D.C. all all the time, working with electeds, and we give a lot of political money to have access to influencers shaping things we work in. And now I almost exclusively work in the Arctic or in Alaska. Alaska has a third of our country's public land It has half our nation's shorelines, and up till uh, our good friend Barack Obama protected uh, a marine belt, first in Bristol Bay and then on the Chukchi Sea, there was never uh, any federal protection on Alaska waters in the history of the state. It's one of our newer states since 1959. And before he got done his legacy, at the end, he protected the entire Arctic Ocean. Despite their lack of hope for an environmentally sustainable future for their business, the Campions are able to use their financial and political influence to advocate for environmentally critical and threatened areas like the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. They continue to fight for the area as it becomes vulnerable to oil and gas exploration and extraction. I want to say more about the Arctic because it's my passion now and the Arctic Refuge is in big friggin' trouble. It was in the tax cut bill last December, and for the first time in the history of the world, they planned to go in there with seismic trucks and look for oil here starting in January. It's just, it's an honor. 
I put so much of my life into this. I'm really passionate about it. It's such an honor to be able to work and evolve and say, it isn't all about oil. You know, Texas, Houston's all about oil till it's not, till it's about something else. This is the end. This is the wildest. You know, it should not just be about energy. The Arctic Refuge is not the only place threatened by oil and gas companies. Among the boom towns and oil drilling of West Texas, Bonnie McKinney has found a way to work with extractive industry. Bonnie manages the Adams Ranch, which serves as a wilderness corridor between Texas and Mexico. The area is relied upon by local and migrating bird species, mule deer, desert bighorn sheep, and black bear, just to name a few. Bonnie explains the mission behind this land. To restore the, a lower chihuahuan desert landscape and protect vital dispersal corridors for mammals, as well as a known bird migration corridor in a transboundary area, and that's what's really important. We are sitting in the lodge of the ranch. Past the wall in front of us is a cabinet full of mugs emblazoned with the logo of Semex, a multinational cement corporation. Past another wall are 27,000 acres of restored habitat. Bonnie explains how Semex has been the largest sponsor in protecting this corridor, despite their role in extractive industry. It's basically putting landowners and corporations together uh, you know, one of those may have a lot of money and one may not, but they can partner together to do some really good conservation projects. Semex doesn't only do conservation work. Like Tom's business focus with Zoomies, Semex is a company in an extractive industry. In 2016, they settled with the EPA for $10 million in reparations for their violations of the Clean Air Act on several of their manufacturing plants. However, conservation work doesn't happen for free. And, and conservation costs money. This is not a cheap project. Conservation costs you every day. You really don't make a lot of money out of conservation projects, very seldom if ever. Bonnie explains what she perceives as the necessity to work with extractive industry. We're going to have pipelines, so why not, why not go partners, why not deal some partnerships? where they're going back and reseeding those pipelines. Maybe they're going to put in a wetland. They use water. Maybe they can put in wetlands in these areas. Make them a partner and make them part of it. It, it, is, um, it is a big picture thing with, with the corporations, and, and not only oil and gas, but energy corporations, other energy corporations, and working and making something good come of this instead of it all being bad. Let's make something good happen with this. A deal with the devil is certainly not a clean-cut way to conserve wilderness or habitat. An extractive industry can destroy one area and then pour money into conserving another. There is hypocrisy, complexity, duplicity. There is destruction and preservation. Conservation is imperfect, but so are humans. If you can understand the hypocrisy of being a human as you go through life, but have enough of a value to make it better, then you're going to have a happy life. What you really want to be, you know, happy and push it forward. So somehow or another, this world's going to be a little better place, you know, at the end of where, whenever life ends. For National Public Lands Radio, I'm Darby Williams.